I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We are jam packed. Texas basketball, big Monday again tonight. We'll discuss it. Uh, you also can hear it live right here on 1049 The Horn. We'll talk about their big win, comeback win over K State and the Purple Kryptonite on the road. They got to find some way to do it again versus the Yardbirds tonight. We'll also talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They did hire a new OC. Uh, didn't surprise no damn body at all. We'll get into that. Talk about my man, Harge. He's our resident Cowboys fan. Sean Payton, we now have a number as to how much he's making. And it's a lot of straight cash, homie. Kyrie Irving to the Mavs. We'll get into that and break it down. I'll see my man Patrick called that one last week, too. All of that and more. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Mike hardball Harge, ladies and gentlemen. What it do, what it do. We are back at it again. Like you said, another big Monday, and Ooh. I'm excited. About that, this Texas Longhorn fan, I mean, team never seems to amaze me. They do a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. when it comes to playing basketball. Uh, Let's talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson, 
said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments, but he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, also the owner of Lou, the unofficial mascot on the show. Also the idillionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustle spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we do know that he's underpaid. The Patrick Davis. What's going on, Patrick? I'm doing good. Number five in the country, the Texas Longhorns. Yeah, yeah man. Doing good. That is, uh, that is, yeah, that's fantastic. And they earned it. They earned that number five ranking. We'll get into it. We'll break that game down. The, the K-State comeback win for Texas. Uh, we'll also get into uh, the Kansas game tonight and preview that one a little bit. So we'll start things off there. Um, so you can always be a part of the show. You're the heartbeat of this thing. Do it on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter, Hardball Harge, at, uh, Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. And my man Patrick Davis said it's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, uh, big win for Texas. 69-66 comeback win. By the way, the Longhorns have now, is it three comeback wins on the season in Big 12 play? Double-digit comeback wins. Double-digit. Three double-digit comeback wins. Uh, They got the TCU one where they were down 18 at one point. They got the uh, Tech win. Mm-hmm. They were down 12. K-State uh, down 14, actually, in this game at one point, but 11 at the half. And Texas comes back to win 69-66. to And I think we should start with the performance of one Christian Bishop. <laughs> what other place do you want to start, baby? I mean. My man came out like a man possessed in the second on, half, man. Wow. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, all of his points, <laughs> all of his rebounds yeah. came in the second half. That was phenomenal. 14.6 rebounds, ended up with two blocks, two steals overall. Um, but he was he was phenomenal. He really was at both ends of the floor. I think he was a difference maker, Harge, uh, ultimately, because his his presence in the second half for them, it was just a it was such a re, a revitalizing presence down there because he really could not miss. I mean, I think he was a uh, six of eight was mm-hmm. it was six of eight overall. Um, so I mean, he was just their offensive, uh, really their consistency in the second half. He was their spark, but uh, overall they just did a better job of outplaying K State in that second half and finding a way to win. Well, I think the biggest part of what Christian Bishop was able to do in the second half was he brought a bunch of energy Mm -hmm. his energy changed the momentum for the basketball team and got everybody involved and you know Patrick gave us that little nugget about them being able to break down film uh at halftime and showing where the mistakes were happening earlier in the year where they were able to make mm-hmm. the adjustments and come out in the second half. I think that's exactly what happened again. I it think is. the entire way that they went out there and the, they showed a conversation of the halftime locker room uh, coaches speak, and Rodney was telling them, Coach Terry was telling them, he was like, y'all can't play any worse, basically. You guys have come out here, you've done everything, you've turned the ball over so many times, and if you stop the turnovers, we're right back into the game. And that's exactly what happened. They started attacking the rim. They were getting some easy buckets. And Christian Bishop, the way that he was attacking and being relentless on the boards as well, I think that was the biggest motivating factor for them to turn it around. Obviously, Serge Jabari Rice has been that guy. Every time he steps off the bench, you know you're going to get some positivity coming from him. He was just named uh, Newcomer of the Week Mm -hmm. for the Big 12 today. And what he's been able to bring to the table, along with Christian Bishop in the game in particular, those guys brought 
the energy that was needed in that second half for them to close that gap and eventually win the game. Juice is what yep. they brought. Yep. Patrick, your thoughts about just the, the comeback win, but yeah, Christian Bishop, he was just, he was unbelievable. Five offensive rebounds, out of his six off, six yep. rebounds, five of them were offensive. Well, yep. and I think this is, I, I you do want to know what they said to him at half, whether it was a teammate, whether it was a coach, whether they just showed him something and he was like, oh yeah, I played I played bad in the first half. Right. And it wasn't so much, hey, I didn't fight for the scores. It was, I wasn't fighting for rebounds. There right. was two or three rebounds you watched in that first half. You're like, dude, that's a rebound. Like, that's yours. Yep. And that's two points the other way because you didn't get the defensive rebound or you didn't grab another possession for the, the horns. And so I don't know what it was they got him on, but, man, he turned it around. And not only that, he probably had one of the biggest plays. He pokes the ball out of Noel's mm-hmm. hands at the end of the game. Yeah, 37 two, seconds left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're up by one. That's yeah. an easy – Noel hits that shot yeah. right there. You're down one. The whole complexion of the game it was changes. Like Thirteen seconds. You're right. Yeah. 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 Yes. It was real. Late. So right. it was. He pokes the ball out. So he, it, without everything else, if he just had that play, he's it's yep. a top player of the game because that was huge. But yeah, I mean, this is again Rodney Terry has shown this year. I don't know what he says at halftime <laughs> and how he's getting him ready at halftime, but he's been a really good second half coach. Now, what we've seen with Kansas State is that Jerome Tang is a really good preparer. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's been kind of the K-State mold of this year. So those teams matched up in a way that they right into, even going in the game, they're like, man, they're going to come out come out strong on us. Just, just don't get down too much. And I was hoping they could cut it down a little bit more in half. It was still double digits at half. But if it was like eight, I would have been like, oh, yeah, we can come back. K-State's not a great second-half team, and Texas is. Now, you've got to fix that. You can't do that every week with Texas of trying to Got three double-digit comeback wins. <laughs> it's like the bizarro Sark. Yeah, he's exactly. Like Rodney Terry. He's, like the, he's the opposite of Sark. No, we like, need to get Rodney Terry and Sark in a room. Please. Figure it out. And they go, please. They go, hey, no, this is how you prepare. And they go, this is just, this adjustments. <laughs> yeah, we just, yeah, you're right about that. It is unbelievable. But, but, yeah, I mean, everyone who came out, like, just the flow of the game in the second half, watching them play, the offense just got so stuck. And you get uh, Keontae into foul trouble in that first half, yeah. right? And you're like, all right, here we go. And they still were killing you offensively? That's he the was. thing, yeah. Even he yeah. was. Like, he came in the second half, and he was, he was still I, it's, killing it, Yeah, I don't get how bad they played in that first half, but it, to see the flow in the second half, you're like, watch that game film again. Try that again. I don't know. I, I still think they need to do something in their pregame warm-up stiffen or something because they've come out cold in so many games this season. They were one of nine from three-point land in the first half. Yeah, (laughs) one of nine, and that's like, uh uh-oh. And they were getting open. They were getting open shots. Even Craig said that. I heard Craig today. He's right. They were getting open shots. He said they just weren't hitting over. The turnovers killed them though. Oh, for sure. They had eleven turnovers in the first half. That was brutal. Mm -hmm. So and just not having the Christian Bishop juice that you talked about, Arch. They didn't have. They didn't have that juice. And so in the. even in the uh, the first matchup, he got hurt, right? Yeah, that's yeah. where he landed he had on his a back. back injury. Yeah, that's where he landed game. on his back. Yeah. So, uh, you know what? It, yeah, I mean, that, in obviously that was a game that was out of hand, or at least you know it seemed like uh, Texas defensively didn't come to play, so it would have been a, a different you know game altogether. Period. But I'm just saying his his presence there in the second half was unbelievable. I mean, he was the offensive spark. But you got to give it to Rodney Terry. You talked about, or at least my man Patrick brought up earlier this year that the halftime adjustments are uh, a part of it. Part of it is a video <laughs> yep. display yep. You know, showing guys different clips throughout the game, real time of what they messed up on and how they can improve. They did it again. 
Uh, I got it from Horns 24-7 said, but uh, after Terry used halftime to show his players video of their turnovers and their lack of energy on cuts and on the glass, Longhorns came out of the locker room and they were a different team. So that's, you got to get up to the the video staff there too. I mean, that's, that's, Pretty it's amazing. a lot of work. They I got know. that work going down every yeah, time. I, I don't know what coach is like, hey, clip that one. Yep. That one. That, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, do they know what play is? Like, oh, I screwed up. We know what play that is. Like, it's amazing that they're able to have such synchronicity with that at halftime when it's such a quick transition and adjustment. Yeah. Love that about. Ryan and I'll say, I think Jerome Tang is definitely the one you can tell now on Scott Drew's staff who knew how to pick apart Texas over and over again and get turnovers. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. this was. Those two K-State matchups remind me a lot of Baylor matchups we'd had in the years past where we just could not seem to get passes in the right lanes and every lane we wanted to hit was different, like was closed off and everybody couldn't get there. So I think that he's kind of just – he's very good at picking out and training guys. Hey, man, this is how they're passing rotations. So just Mm -hmm. jump here, jump here, try and get in the way here. Uh, And they, But they were able to correct it in the second half. And that's the important part is you go, hey, man, look at every time we do this, they're jumping. So show that, go the other way. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, that's a really good point, too. And they did a great job defensively on Marquise Noel. Yeah, they did. He oh, just he, he looked never frustrated, got in the man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He and, just and never got Tyrese in the Hunter, Serge Barry Rice, those Arizona's guys. defense is legit, man. Well, <laughs> what they've started to do is yeah. ball denial and then playing insanely high and go, like, look, if this guy it just plays out of his mind, he's going to – if he gets covered threes and stuff like that – but we're going to ball deny him like crazy. Yep. Just cover him one on one. Does not matter. They got to screen you three times. You switch on screens to make sure we still ball deny him. Mm-hmm. And that it's what they did uh, to, uh, against Baylor. Yeah, yep. right. They yep. ball deny George and forced it. Like, hey, if you gonna hit those threes, like Steph Curry, go right. If we, and, if we lose that way, we we're meant to lose. And exactly. we know as someone, <laughs> exactly. as someone as good as you, you're gonna be frustrated if you play if you get six points in the first half on four shots or whatever. You are gonna be livid come the second half. And that's when you start forcing stuff, and that's when you can get advantage on you. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, I love this team. I, the most consistent part of this team, and I, I'll give props to the like, source, I guess I could say, that told me, you know, Soldier Boy Rice is a real deal. Remember I told you guys in the preseason, yep. I, mean, I yep. talked to somebody behind the scenes, and they was like, no, no, he's the guy. He's the guy. He's going to be our smooth operator that's in exactly clutch time. That's exactly what he is. He's just got, he's got the clutch gene. He's yep. just, you know, when the game's on the line, doesn't, he doesn't, it doesn't affect the consistency of his play. And you could argue right now he's the most consistent of those guards. That yeah. Texas oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. He's easily the most consistent. When you look at this team, and, and again, they had balance in this game. They have five guys in double digits in this game, mm-hmm. which is which is rare for Texas because we've talked about it. Marcus Carr is normally the one that yeah. gets it going. Timmy Allen comes in and he does his thing, and once he gets going, the team kind of follows. But for Tyrese Hunter, and we know he's been struggling a lot. I mean, he hadn't played to the expectations of what us as uh, media and the fans have looked at him. But if you go back and you watch his games throughout, he's very consistent too because – one thing he does do every single game is he plays his ass off on defense. Yeah. That's what it's about. And, and and I always talk about it. If you're not giving me this, I need you to give me that, right? So And you get to create your offense. I've talked about it. You get a couple steals, get a couple layups, get his, his way to go. Then his energy starts to get involved. 
They get, they started being clutch mm-hmm. in that second half, and everybody's energy picked up, whether it was Christian Bishop, whether it was Tyrese Hunter, and, of course, Serge Jabari Rice coming off the bench. When we talk about Texas having one of the best benches in the country, is it is more about Serge Jabari and what he brings during that time because he's the sixth man. You can go ahead and pencil it in, sixth man of the year, because be. I don't see anybody else that has done what he's done this year but you also look at some of the energy that Brock Cunningham brings in. He brings that intensity when he checks into the game, and he and he, he increases the physicality once he steps on the court. Yeah, no, I'm with you. They got a, they got a lot of guys that can provide a spark in different ways, mm-hmm. whether it be defensively or whether it be someone offensively. And I love that you have different guys that are stepping up um, in different roles. Love to see Christian Bishop be the hero yep. in this game. Unlikely, too, in right. the first half. Zero. <laughs> yeah, zero you wouldn't points, have thought he zero rebounds. Been that You're dude. like, oh, man, he's definitely yeah. not going to be the hero of this game. Turns out he was the guy. Um, and found out that a lot of that was the adjustments that they made So uh, at halftime. So I love what Rodney Terry's doing. His team has not lost back to back games this year. What do we say about the week? Yeah, what do we say about this week? And, uh, and, and that was Patrick's big thing. He's like, I don't want to <laughs> yep. see them lose back to back. See if they can. Yep. We, we just want them to be 500. I think we all agreed 500 yep. was, was, was a good. Hey, man, I, I, want, I want three stretch. and one now. I yeah, mean, yeah, we have yeah, yeah, greedy now. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> yeah, greedy now. That's right. <laughs> you, you were perfectly satisfied with two. <laughs> hey, but that was, that was then. Then <laughs> now, I want three and one now. Uh, well, now you are leading the Big 12. Uh, so, Texas, yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're number five right now in the country in the uh, latest AP poll. Uh, I love this matchup versus. Kansas for Texas it's crazy to feel good about a team going into a game on the road versus Kansas but that's how if they get a better start that they get a bad start again I know I have the faith they can battle back but man you don't want to be making that uh something your calling card in the big 12 yeah (laughs) Uh, especially the toughest basketball conference in the country uh, but what I will say, and I saw this from uh, at KSU underscore fan. He's a big time K State guy on Twitter, or maybe a gal. I don't know if it's a guy, but either way, yeah. I follow it. They do great work, and they got that. So I don't want to be a sexist here on the air. Uh, now, only a sexist period. Ever. I was going to say just on the air. Ever, no, no, no. <laughs> ever, <laughs> just ever. Uh, but yeah, maybe a woman. I have no idea. But they are great on Twitter, and they're a good follow. Um, and they pointed out something I thought was really interesting. That if you look at the Big Twelve right now. Toughest basketball conference in the country, and uh, that is pretty much a con- majority, if not a consensus. Texas may be the only team in the Big 12 that hasn't had a bad stretch, mm-hmm. a tough stretch, because they bounce back really well. They're a resilient team. Um, even K-State now, he points out, or she, points out that <laughs> <laughs> lost three three straight and four uh, out of six in the league. Uh, Kansas lost three straight and now four out of five. Iowa State has had a tough stretch, lost three out of six at one point. Baylor had a tough stretch, lost uh, three straight early. Um, oh, we're talk, just talking about in Big 12 play. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, lost four out of five early on in the season. So just pointing out that Texas does a great job, and we know f- from the – controversy with Chris Beard and Chris Beard being ousted, that's something else they have to bounce back from. Yep. And this team just really has a great character 
uh, really great fortitude and ability. E- even though you're going to struggle, that's the Big 12. I mean, it's just a, a really tough league. You're not going to come through unscathed, but uh, they were able to bounce back really, really well. And, and even during the games, now we're seeing with the three double-digit wins, comeback wins for Texas uh, in the Big 12 play, that's a, that's a, a character trait of this team that I think will carry them very far in well, the tournament, hopefully. Well, that's what it's all about. <laughs> and you got to look at the maturity of this team as well. That leads to the success also because the way that they go about their business and they understand that they're not counting themselves out of any game. They can go in, they see that mm-hmm. they can make adjustments, but the maturity level, fifth-year seniors and, and guys that have been around, and what did we say at the very beginning of the year? When you have three guards like that with a Tyrese Hunter, Marcus Carr, and Serge Jabari Rice with experience that they've had, this is a, a mature basketball team. Then you look at what Christian Bishop and Timmy Allen has been able to do. Brock Cunningham has been in college since Jordan Shipley was here. I mean, that's how long ago. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. It ain't that much. But he's, he's on that, he's he's on on that, that track. Feels you know like what I'm saying? It, it seems like, like he's going to be on there. And then you look at, you know, we talked about it when it was coming up. They had to go on the road to number four. Uh, Tennessee came back home to play number 11, Baylor. Then they went on the road to play K-State, who was ranked number six. And now they're getting ready to play the eighth-ranked team in in Kansas. So we knew that this week was going to be tough, and we learned a lot about this basketball team. It's not over, I mean, by by no means, but – we see the resilience of this team. And once again, can we give a shout-out to my man, Coach Rodney Terry, mm. taking over this situation in an adverse uh, time mm. and being able to rally the troops and be able to come out and play at a high level every single week and coach them up and being able to relate to them. That's the other part of it, too, because a lot of these guys he recruited after he got the job to bring these guys in as transfers – but you still don't know the trust level of these guys. You 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 are developing this stuff along the way. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy for him, and, and the results are starting to show up as well. Yeah, uh, you got to give Roddy Terry a lot of credit. Uh, it's a really tough league. I mean, it's you know they haven't been perfect this year, but in to right now be the best team in the Big Twelve. Man, uh, that says a lot. You know, interestingly enough, I heard uh, Jeff Ketchum on with Chad. I think this was last week actually, and I thought it was a a point worth discussing that he made. Does it even matter what Rodney Terry does in the regular season? Could Rodney Terry win the Big 12 regular season title? And, hell, win the Big 12 tournament title? Yep. And then only win one game in the tournament and still keep his job? Or, or, or say, doesn't win any games in the tournament and keep his job? Is that possible to for him to keep that, to get the head coaching job and not have success in the tournament, whatever that definition is, but have success in the regular season? That, win the regular season award of the Big 12? Does that matter? It, it depends on who else wants the job. See, and that's kind of, I guess, that's the point that Jeff was making there. Yeah. No, that, if certain people want the job, he's got to do a lot better to beat them out. Because means, if it's a yeah. top name, top, top name, yeah. the donors and boosters and people that are around it are going to want that guy instead because, once again, you failed to meet expectations in the tournament, and that is going to be the narrative. It doesn't matter everything else, whether it's fair or not, that will be the narrative. And because he doesn't have a long-term contract – there's no financial reason you can't do it. And that's the normal reason that, I mean, look, Shaka probably would have fired six times if they could have, if there was no financial ramifications. But like, Shaka was a person that was Rick good with the fired. people. He no, was I agree. With the, I'm just saying. That's why, found, that's why they found him another job. I, I'm exactly. saying if you were to say, hey, this guy, is, this guy is a free agent at the end of the season, we, don't have, we can find somebody else or keep him. Mm. A lot of times 
the knee-jerk reaction would be to go find somebody else after you lose the first round of the tournament. I think if there's big names, they will. If that happens and you're going down to, hey, do we want to go him or try and pull away this other coach and pay a bunch of money, and he's also not proven it never, he's only you know made a run in one tournament, that's you know that's a harder harder one to pull away and go, yeah, let's get rid of this guy. Also, we're going to lose recruits that he kept. Like, if he keeps recruits, dude, that's a huge part of it. That's a big part of it. If he yeah. gets transfer portal stuff in, that that's a big part of it. I, there's a lot to it. Other than just winning that, but again, I'll, I'll still. I think he needs to get in that second week of the tournament, and then it makes it a kind of much then more of a, a no-brainer. Then it's a discussion. Yeah. But if you don't then, make it there, then it's if a you no- don't, if you don't get well, also you're number five in the country right now. If you don't make it the second week of the tournament, you got beat. You yeah. got upset. So you have to at least make it the second week to go. Oh yeah, we didn't get beat by four, number fourteen in the country, like a number fourteen seed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why it's a little bit more egregious. It's not like oh you lost one game. Like no, you lost to a. We're at what a two seed right now. We're a yeah. two or a three seed? Yeah. yeah. That first winning, weekend gonna, is a big loss. Yeah, I was trying to say, if you continue to win at this level, you you may play your way into a one seed. Think about it. The yeah. Big 12 is the hardest conference in a country. And if you're playing as, a, as the champion and you get a chance to win that, I don't see why you wouldn't be a number one seed at this point. I know they're just outside the top four, but you're playing yourself into that position to be a number one seed. And going back to what you were saying, depending on who wants the job, I I think for me personally, and I, I, you know, I haven't talked to anybody about this, but I think it's Rodney's to lose at this point. Okay. I would put it at that level. I think he's done some things that were not expected. Without the Big 12 season being done yet? Absolutely. I think what the way that he's got this team playing for him and playing with him, going into, like we said, just the adversity that they faced Mm -hmm. and of the unknown. But again, You've got mature players, and to your point, Holland is still committed to the University of yeah. Texas, and that's a big recruit for them. So you 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 start to see that hey, I think people and across basketball circles are looking at Coach Rodney Terry and saying, "Hey, man, this dude he understands what this job is." I mean, because he's playing with house money. Let's be honest with it. I mean, he's playing with house money at this point because everybody's already trying to get a new coach in. Like when they when they finally made the decision to move on from Chris Beard, every, the first thing who we're gonna go get? Calipari's the name. Jay Wright. Let's go start looking uh, muscle men from Arkansas. They didn't even give my man a shot at it. Yeah. Now he's winning, and everybody's like, "Man, he's a great guy, man." I didn't realize <laughs> Rodney was this good. I mean, you know, I mean, he earned. He's earning his keep, and let's not forget he was on the bench. With Coach uh, Barnes, he's been with him for – he was with him for a long time, representing the university as well. Went out, found his way, went out to El Paso, started coaching, went out to um, Fresno State, was coaching. Did a great job with all of those schools and, and built those programs up. But now it's like you're at the big stage, and he's not afraid of the of the hustle of the big stage. I got us I, – I think – you know, I'm, I'm I'm more inclined to agree with with Patrick that he puts himself in the conversation with a win in the tournament, and I think it's his job to lose if he gets two wins in the tournament. Yeah, I think it's that kind of thing. I think they're still they'll explore possible yeah. options. Oh, uh, there you got I think to. he gets himself two wins in the tournament. Then I think it's a it. I, I lean toward what you're saying, but I mean, and it is. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it is the way of the NIL world, where if you have a couple of big donors who say. Hey man, this guy's name out there, and if we don't call and if we don't have that yeah, interview, right. guess what? I ain't paying any of our players anymore. No. And if I take out this amount of money, go find, go replace that money and pay them players because now you got multiple people transferred. Yeah. And so there is a different leverage in the NIL game now 
that makes it to where donors have a stronger voice. I think Rodney's won over a lot of people this season. I agree. He's done a good job. Uh, but you so, still hear those rumblings. Oh, and yeah. as long as I still hear them rumblings, yeah. I know there's at least a few people out there who are dead set on, hey, we want somebody that we feel can win us a national championship. Until Rodney Terry gets closer to that than Chris Beard did and closer than Shaka did and closer than Rick Barnes did, That's- then they're going to say, we still haven't found the guy. I Yeah, yeah I, I, think you, I think you're right. I think they want him. They want to see, and it's unfair to Rodney Terry because oh, he's doing a hell of a job uh, being kind of thrust in this position. But like I said, I think they see it in the tournament on that stage. That'll be more convincing to the boosters and the donors. To the administration, and, and be, to those behind the And we're just curtain. getting into the second half of the Big and 12 the season. Yeah, yeah. The second half of the Big 12 season is going to open a lot. Like I think K-State is going to see slide down a little bit more. You're going to see some other teams, Baylor. Uh, Tech will probably not be up there, up there, but they'll play a better second half. We'll see it even out a little bit more, and some of the teams will play better down the stretch. If you're able to put together a full, like, hey, this whole Big 12 schedule is mine, and we did it better than anyone of con- holding ground, that's a big statement, but we're only halfway through it right now. So you still have to finish strong yeah. to be able to have that argument. And there's a lot of people that won't believe it until they see it. Exactly. So we can be optimistic, but a lot of people are not going to be. He's right. got the pieces. He's yeah. got all the pieces. He and as, as Hodge mentioned, they're really deep. The bench, they got the best bench scoring, or at least the highest bench scoring in the Big 12. So they got, they got the three guards you need. Those three guards are playing at a high level at the right time. We know that's always a great formula to go make a run in the tournament. It's all there. Uh, and I, I see the Specs text line getting lit up here. So we'll, we'll come back. We'll, we'll take some of the uh, the texts on the Specs text line. We'll read a, a few of those and respond to them. Also, we got to jump to the Dallas Cowboys here. They hired a new OC. We have to. Uh, yes. <laughs> you should be optimistic about your new OC, Harge. Okay, mm. I'm going to be pumping sunshine and rainbows for the Cowboys because I feel <laughs> like you guys think this is a uh, lukewarm hire, yep. that it's not a splash. There's no sizzle to it. It ain't sexy enough. So I'll try to uh, sell you guys yep. on Brian Schottenheimer. Come on. It ain't an easy sell. It is not. <laughs> it but it I will is do not. do my best. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll come back right here on Ball Don't Lie. What if we're down the horse? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, usually, this was meant to uh, soothe the tortured soul of sports fans whose uh, team may have had a, a down weekend or a bad weekend, suffered an L. But for Cowboys fans, I guess we're going to talk about the hiring of Brian Schottenheimer, which some of you Cowboys fans deem as a bad thing. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Maybe not the best thing. 
I don't know if it's a bad thing. Uh, a couple of the texts on the Specs text line about um, the Texas basketball conversation. Texas says, bottom line, Coach Rodney Terry has positioned himself for a good quality, quality D1 program job no matter what happens. Yeah. I agree with that. Very much Ronnie so. Terry, no matter what happens, I think he's going to land on his feet. Uh, a lot of people hoping that he's here on the 40 acres, though, um, because uh, you know if he does get the job, it's going to be because Texas had a really successful season. Uh, someone says, unfortunately uh, for Coach Terry, a deal may already be done, at least speaking uh, for another coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, behind the scenes, both boosters and donors often can try to do what Absolutely. they want to do. Doesn't mean the administration has decided to do anything. Um, someone says, Terry doing a great job, but with Beard recruits, if permanent, can he recruit the players like a big time coach? Uh, that's what Patrick was getting to about the NIL um, in this uh, current landscape that we are in. Uh, you know, right now, I, I think that you're looking at NIL being a huge part of college basketball, college football, and the big time revenue producing sports. Right. And Texas should be in that conversation with any institution for NIL. But yeah, do they want to play under Rodney Terry? And what is Coach Rodney Terry's system? I don't necessarily know. Right. Yeah. Well, here's the other part of it, too. I mean, I understand that these are Chris Beard's uh, recruits, but those guys help recruit those guys to get here. Very true. You know, they've been a part of these kids' lives as well. And most of the time, yes, Chris Beard probably was the closer on the deal, but those guys had to get them to the table. They had to go out and evaluate the talent and say, hey, this guy is going to fit the system in which you're going to run. This guy is such and such. You know what I'm saying? They're They're – they're part of the recruitment of the kids. We always talk about how um, uh, what's uh, Banks for football. He was a big time yes. closer on the recruiting. Bo Davis. Well, those guys had to build those relationships with these players for them to feel comfortable. Even there, you want to make sure of that. So I'm looking at Coach Terry as somebody who possibly can close these deals with these players. But it goes back to what you said. A lot of these people are looking for the big name. And and is he able to take you to a championship? Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if he made it to the Elite Eight in the Final Four? I mean, not only for the program, for him as well, regardless if it's his players or not his players. Mm-hmm. You you have to establish some form of a relationship with these kids. Yeah. You have to be able to – they have to believe in what you're telling them to go out there and perform. But, again, a lot of it has to do with the maturity of this team as well. Um, uh, police chief says Rodney deserves to get the job. They make it at least to the elite eight. Kind of uh, getting what Patrick said. As long as they make a run, I think it might be his job to lose. Uh, <laughs> Pinche says I think Bishop's crazy hair distracts the shooter. Distracts. I'm sure the <laughs> defender is what he meant to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I will say college basketball is the craziest hairs I've ever, hairstyles I've ever Man. seen in the history a lot of college of them basketball. Look like Jay Z. Yeah, there are no yeah there are no conservative hairstyles in college basketball no. anymore. Everybody, white, black, doesn't matter what you are, what what, what ethnicity, you got a wild hairstyle. Yeah, no doubt. It's cra- right. I mean, you see this all yeah, the time. Yeah, I mean, it's most yeah a lot of this, yeah. especially the bigger name people. Yeah. that want to get more nil. They want to be distinguishable. Oh, maybe that's what it yeah. is. Yeah, you want to be more of a okay. now that you can sell your image and likeness. Okay, you're right. It's a good point because Bijan has some wild. I've seen actually. How about this? I've seen more Bijan hairstyles now. I think Bijan yeah. has affected people's like <laughs> their different hairstyles because I've seen three or four Bijan hairstyles in Austin. I've never seen a Bijan Robinson hairstyle before on Bijan. 
Had you ever seen a Bijan Robinson hairstyle before Bijan? I've seen similar, but not the same. Not, not the same. It's yeah. very the, unique. The, that's the predator. It's very. I don't know what it is. It's the predator. It looks good on him. Yeah. But it, to the point, it's very distinguished on him. Yeah. And now I've seen a couple of brothers try to pull it off, and I'm like, it's man, not the you got to realize you ain't Bijan, bro. <laughs> no, I did. I, I know did. you want to be Bijan. We all want to be Bijan, but you ain't got the Bijan mojo. <laughs> Right. I saw a guy at the store, and I was oh. trying to see if it was similar, and then I realized how creepy I was, <laughs> staring at a guy walking through the store. Like, is that the Bijan? I can't. That's no. all you no. Now yeah. I'm a creep. No, exactly. You might have been the same guy. I'm telling you. I've seen three different brothers with the Bijan. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what's going on. I've never seen that hairstyle before Bijan. Even my wife was like, Bijan's got a very unique hairstyle. I was like, yeah, I've never seen it. I don't know who, <laughs> who he goes to to get that hairstyle. Well, you know they got a barber in there, Trey. I know they got yeah, a barber yeah. in there. Maybe yeah. he is. Maybe Trey's the one that does it for him. Someone says it's a balding dude. I, I so I enjoyed while you enjoyed while you got it. Okay, yep. yeah, you're right. You should do crazy hairstyles and stuff when you got the hair. My man Hard Yeah, I'm not talking. I'm, yeah, I'm not talking like, trash like, about anybody. Like, I had the Bobby Brown back in the day. I was rocking it. You hey, know what Bobby I'm Brown's birthday today. I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. I heard that Chad Hastings say that today. It's my prerogative. You know what uh, they, <laughs> all right, let's talk about the Cowboys and their new offensive coordinator. Uh, over the weekend, they made a hire. They hired Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, remember, I told you guys when we were describing the offensive line coach hire that he uh, Solari uh, that he had worked with Brian Schottenheimer in. Seattle for three years in 2018 and 2020 and that could be a possible hint or clue mm-hmm. as to who they're hiring at the OC because they really like Brian Schottenheimer and they want synchronicity uh, within that coaching staff. Well they got it and Brian Schottenheimer is the guy he spent uh, last season as a consultant with the Cowboys. Most recently he was a pass game coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars um, but I mean we'll get into this probably in Rod's round today if we don't have time to break it down more uh, but he's not calling plays. He's just, you know, a, you know, he's someone part of think tank, if you will, on the on offense to help Mike McCarthy come up with the best game plan. But Mike McCarthy will be calling the actual plays. He's going to help him with play design coordination, of course. Um, I'm sure help him infuse different concepts in the offense, and of course, trying to maximize Dak Prescott and get the best out of Dak. <sighs> Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at this, and the only reason why it's okay, the only reason why I say it would be okay is because we do realize he's not calling the plays. He's not calling the plays. So, okay, you're, you're bringing in somebody that was a consultant on your staff that now you're just going to put in that position, hey, I need you to look at this, I need you to check out this, we're going to run this. Okay, I can see that. But other than that, there's no way – that this was a guy that we knew was going to be a big part of the success that the Cowboys are going to have. I, I need to figure out, is he going to be the quarterback's coach too? Because that's the other part of this too. That's a great point. They have not hired a right. quarterback's coach officially, but you're right. I mean, sometimes they do give those dual titles and they could decide that. I, 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 would, I would caution against that. I would like to get – um, Dak, someone who Dak totally is really different. comfortable yeah. with. Um, going back to our Brian Johnson discussion yeah. we had, you and I both, I think Patrick also on that bandwagon that we thought the quarterback coach for the Eagles would have been a great uh, you know, offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Not calling plays, but he has worked with Dak Prescott before at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And everywhere he's gone, there's been success. But getting back to Brian Schottenheimer, it's not a flashy hire, and it's not a splash hire. It's a comfortable it's, hire. It's a com- it is. That's a great point. It's a comfort yeah. hire for them. And remember, the Cowboys love in-house, right? So this is a guy that was in-house already. And whether you're talking about Jason Garrett, are you talking about Kellen Moore, 
Are you talking about, you know, now, Brian Schottenheimer, they like to go in-house. The calls, the call is coming from inside the exactly. house. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it it's always coming uh, from inside the house. How are they getting in there? <laughs> the call is coming. <laughs> uh, Sound like a scary movie. And I, you know, we had, it's a great point. And it's a scary movie because this, this could go very badly. It or can. It could, it, could, it could end up being a success for the Cowboys. I'm going to trust that Mike McCarthy is just putting together a coaching staff. We talked about uh, the offensive line coach, Solari and Brian Scheinheimer working together with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm just going to assume he's putting together staff that works well together. Right? Okay. That it's not the best guys, but it's the right guys. But see, that's right? the problem. That's the problem. You need to have a shakeup. You need an outsider in the building. You need somebody to show your warts, to tell you where their dysfunction is. We can't keep doing the same thing. We keep talking about the definition of insanity. I understand. Cowboys went 12 and 5, 12 and 5. They won 12 games back to back. I get that. But we had the same failures uh, in the playoffs that we've seen for multiple times that you've been in there. We need somebody that, that's coming in from the outside that's not already brainwashed by the organization. <laughs> How, about man. Brainwashed? How about programmed? Or, yeah, no, nah, it'd be brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, programmed or brainwashed. It's the same. <laughs> but hard we know this is Mike McCarthy's team for one more year. He has one more year. And so if you bring another OC that's a nice, like, up-and-coming name, that guy may not be there in one year either. Right. So this is a hire that is very much of, Mike, you get to pick your staff. You get to have your guy. You're running your team. But, man, if you don't win this year, you and all your boys yeah. can walk. Now, that's well, a, that's it's the not just win. They got to get past yeah. the division. No, exactly round. what I'm saying. They you got to win in the playoffs. Yeah, because they've been winning 12 games and hitting yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to win in the playoffs. Yeah. But that's, I think, part of it, too, is, hey, let's go safe here. Let's do this because it's what Mike McCarthy wants. And we're believing him that Kellen Moore and him at butted heads. They didn't necessarily agree on what they were doing. Mike McCarthy thinks he knows how to fix it. Let's see if he can fix it. Yep. And then if he can't, then we know we can get rid of everything and, and start over offensively at least. Yeah, it's it's not totally the same thing over and over again because I agree with you, Hodge, for the most part. Because you are having Mike McCarthy, his offense, it's a, mm-hmm. so it's a new offense. It's not Kellen Moore's offense. a new offense and a new play caller. And I'm with you. I, I want to see who the quarterback coach is going to be for Dak Prescott. That's going to be important because Dak Prescott – and he slips a little when it comes to his fundamentals and his technique as a quarterback. I think we know some of that fails, and that's probably why he threw so many interceptions this year as well. So it'd be nice to get him a quarterback, a, a quarterback nurturer, guru, yeah. confidant, whatever, uh, someone that he trusts and someone that can help you know, really kind of ease the, the transition or the loss of Kelly Moore. Don't forget, Kelly Moore and Dak were really, really close, probably too close. Yep. That was the reason they decided to make a change. Um, so I think it'll be good for Dak, but you can't go cold turkey. you got to give him somebody in there that he trusts. And maybe that is Brian Schottenheimer. Maybe him and Schottenheimer are close because Schottenheimer was a consultant there. Um, but you know Mike McCarthy is going to be a lot harder on Dak as a head coach. Now, he better be. I mean, that's, it has that's, to the, be. that's the whole point. Yeah, the, I think that's the whole point of this, yeah, yep. is that he's going to be hard on them. So, yeah, I mean, you, you might need someone else there to kind of be able to uh, mediate between the head coach and between Dak and advocate for Dak at, it, the, at the table for a lot of things. Too. They need the Texas uh, film crew 
to go in there and, and slice up some film for Dak so they do it just like for Rodney Terry. I need him to go in there and slice it up for Dak so he can show where the mistakes were and how quick he was making the wrong decisions on these pass plays. But again, with the changes that are going to be happening with this te- with Texas, with this um, <laughs> Cowboy football team, if again, this goes back to what you were saying about uh, Rodney Terry getting deep into the NCAA playoffs. I know we got a, a ways to go with that, but it's the same thing for the Cowboys. It's not good to just get there anymore. Your the windows of opportunity is. I mean, that's that little creek, that little smidget that you have left to look out the window, get a little fresh air in there. It's almost closed now. And if they don't make a move now, there's going to be so many changes for the Cowboys once again. And the comfort, the comfortability of being with a staff sometimes is not the right way to go. You have to go out and get some different voices. We don't need everybody coming in with agreement, right? You, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. You don't need to. No, that's not right. There's some things that need to change. But I, I hope that you are correct with the Mike McCarthy part of this because, to Patrick's point, your job is on the line as well. So you better be hard and you better get that that business taken care of because the Cowboys, the fans are pretty much ready to jump off. They're, yeah. they're tired of it too. No, I agree. Uh, the Cowboys can't seem to uh, break through the divisional round and um, right now they don't have a solution. Don't say like they have a plan no. uh, to be able to do it either. I think Mike McCarthy, this is the last – you know, ditch effort for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys to try to maximize Dak Prescott with this new coach. And if this doesn't work, I don't know if they're going to re. They say they're going to reinvest in Dak. They if did. that's the case, then you got to find a coach and find an offensive system that can bring out the best in Dak. And right now, I don't know if you know the Mike McCarthy system is that. None of us do. Where's Hopefully Dan Mullen at? What is Dan Mullen doing? He's doing broadcast work or something. Get right? him. Mm-hmm. Bring him in as the quarterback coach. You bring him as a consultant. Yeah. Bring, bring him that. as a consultant. Do that. That's I what I would should, like to see. Brian Johnson probably would have been the way to go. I'm still down with Brian Johnson. If you're not gonna if you're yeah. not gonna go out and get somebody um like a, a Dan Mullen or a Joe Brady, you definitely need to go get Brian Johnson. Yeah, but but it'd be hard, obviously. You would have to give him an upgrade in status because he's the quarterback coach with the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to you know, make him an assistant head coach or make him a pass game coordinator yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. You can still go get him though. I mean, you still possibly could. I think that that I think he would help you maximize Dak's skill set or weaponize Dak's skill set better than any of these other guys who were possible candidates for the OC job. But no maybe doubt. the Cowboys aren't done. They're still building a coach. Remember, they they got rid of like six to seven offensive coaches. So they, all they got right now is an OC and an offensive line coach. Um, so they still got a lot of hiring to do. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful Down the Horn. Darling, you sent me. I know you. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is Smooth Soul Monday. Hey, that song still bangs. It does. Oh, yeah. What what year is that? What are we talking about? 62, I I think. Still bangs. I was thinking 65. Okay. Still bangs, though. I yeah. mean, still still, still uh, does, so does the trick. Yeah, yeah, as I said, I can still put that on. Romantic uh, occasion, and it works. 
There it is. Your lady will not complain. Or your man. I don't know. Uh, whatever, hey you're doing, whatever you're doing. It's whatever your flavor. Whatever your flavor. Hey, Valentine's Day coming up. Don't uh. forget, gentlemen. All right? Don't forget. Don't forget. And you know what? Because this is the thing. Because I know there are people in relationships, significant others, who say Valentine's Day, not a big deal. Don't do anything. That kind of stuff. Don't fall for that. We all know. That's a tr- it's a drop. It's a drop. It's a drop. Don't fall for it. Do something. <laughs> hey, something. And the more you get done for the Super Bowl, the more you get for the Super Bowl. It's, remember, it's two days later. Yeah, exactly. They, thank you, Patrick. Yeah, so don't be like, oh, man, Super Bowl. And you got the Super Bowl hangover and forget <laughs> that, oh, yeah, Tuesday is Valentine's Day. And she's like, like hey, have another beer. No, stay. You know what? I'll drive. I'll be designated mm. driver. I'll drive. You have more beers. Hang out with your friends. I'm good. Don't fall for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You, you, I don't know. Make some, make some plans. Whatever. It, I don't know. Whatever y'all are into, it's all good. Uh, but I don't know. Just make sure. We're going we gonna to keep reminding you. Yeah. We ain't going to let you fall for the okie doke. Yeah. I haven't even actually made the plans, but me reminding you helps remind me. Well, yep. <laughs> for sure. So I'm going to be reminding y'all every day so that I know so that I don't screw it I up. I done already put an alarm on my phone. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, correct, uh, correct date, 1957. 1957? 1957. Dang. Like, it, still back, it still goes hard. Yeah. Still bang. Uh, no pun intended there. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Go to FLF. Uh, awkward uh, transition. Go to FLXATX.com. FLXATX. ATX on all of your social media platforms. Uh, we are happy that uh, Wednesday nights our FLX ATX program is coming back. So Wednesday nights flex coming back from seven to eight. That'll be on 1049 the horn. So you want to make sure that you uh, put that into your schedule. Also, the basketball power rankings are up there for your uh, Central Texas uh, men's uh, basketball teams from 4A, 5A, and 6A. So you can go check out that ranking up there. And you, Harge, went to some basketball games. I did. Huh? I did. Got a chance to go watch some uh, basketball this past Saturday uh, as the Hendrickson Hawks hosted the Pflugerville Panthers. Big mm. rivalry game. Nice. The Hawks ended up winning that game, but it was a hard-fought effort. That that district is a tough district to play in. Next Friday, I believe, uh, this Friday, not next Friday, this Friday coming up, I believe Hendrickson takes on Connolly, which Connolly is undefeated in the district and one of the best wow. teams that is out there. We also talk about Stony Point a lot. Stony Point is the top-ranked team in this area, and a lot of people believe that they're going to be the best chance for a local team to play for a championship. Uh, Connolly in the basketball part rankings at flxatx.com. They are number two in the 5A rankings mm-hmm. at 21-8. and eight. Last game, 86-45 win over Elgin. Uh, Rouse, number one in the 5A rankings there. Uh, they got Hendrickson, number three, uh, and East few number four but you're right stony point considered the best team in 6a um their last win was over round rock 45 43 though yeah they were tough in overtime in overtime yeah man that was clutching right there uh and then you have san marcus number two buta johnson three westlake four and lake travis five in the 6a rankings go check that out at flxatx.com uh also uh shout out to my man anthony williams uh hopefully everything went great with his uh football showcase over the weekend always giving uh young people in central texas well around the country actually yep. uh, a way to showcase their talent get some eyeballs on them get their school and paid for yep. that's what really the mission's about that's what the mission should be <laughs> that's what the mission you know what about. Saying? get your uh, education for and, free and keeping the dream alive yep Exactly. I mean, you want to play at the next level. Football. Yeah, That's you right. play, the, whole, the whole point is you want to play at the next level. You want to keep playing ball. My man Anthony Williams does a great job of keeping dreams alive for all these young people out here. So we we'll appreciate him. We're working with uh, Flex, and we're going to continue that great relationship. And shout out to Georgetown basketball. You are correct. Georgetown Uh-oh. did get uh, Hendrickson on Friday night. It was, a, it was a low-scoring game, but a 
hard, hard fought basketball game. So, yes, you are correct, and I got it. <laughs> Georgetown, number five in the 5A rankings. Uh, go ahead, FLXATX.com. Uh, Texture says, hey, I need that reminder about Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's, Texture says, Valentine's Day is a scam. Yep, yep. Scam. Yeah. <laughs> it's all for the money makers. That's what it's uh, about. Someone says, or find yourself a woman who doesn't buy into the BS Valentine's Day holiday. You're lucky if your woman doesn't buy. My woman says she doesn't buy into it either, but, but you're always, not failing. You're not I'm falling not, for I banana and a tailpipe. I think it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yep. They ain't gonna fall for that. Nah, nah. We are gonna get us something. Uh, ain't gotta be nothing extravagant, but we gonna get us something. A little yep. something, something. Uh, <laughs> all right, we we'll come back. We will get you a little something, something. We talking about Kyrie Irving traded uh, to the Mavs. Oh, Patrick said it would happen. Hart said it's going. Hart predicted it would be a disaster. Both might end up being right. We'll come back and talk about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. What a put out the horn.